Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Goal Post. We're coming at you live during the Saturday games right now. Me and Patrick are sweating out a Vikings three and a half bet. They're looking at overtime right now. It's 36-36 and uh, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't tell you what we were dealing with right now. Yep, Matt, Matt Ryan tie formation. We're heading into overtime now. I, I'm getting greedy here, Damien. I, I thought the Vikings minus three and a half, like it was just dead. I was, I was a miserable person. Just pretty much just watching the game strictly for fantasy purposes. Same and here, now we have life. Here. We have yeah. life out of nowhere. What a ridiculous I'm, game. Yeah. And I'm going to be devastated if this doesn't hit because this, this would be an all time, all time gambling win. I'm hoping the Vikings win the coin toss, get the ball. And then just drive it right down the field, get that cover, get the win. It would also be the biggest comeback in NFL history, in yeah, regular season insane. history, yeah. I believe. Thirty-three nothing going into halftime and coming out of half, and then the second half was just after a Colts field goal, all Vikings. They just haven't been able to stop them. They finally woke up. You got everybody getting a touch, Dealing getting a touchdown, Jefferson getting a touchdown finally waking up. I think Kirk Cousins had six completions at the end of the first half. So what a game of halves. The the duality of football is, <laughs> the duality is, on, of man. is on full display right yeah. now. But yeah, I mean, the Vikings, like credit to them. Obviously, you should not be in this position and they should have never gotten themselves in this position. But the character and like grit that they're actually showing. Oh, they won the toss. They won the Let's toss. Go. Let's go. <laughs> So yeah, this is ball, but it's going to be an all-time day for cold takes Twitter if if the Vikings pull this off because everybody was just adding fuel to the fire. But weirdly enough, like if the Vikings pull this off, does this is that like does that give people more confidence in the Vikings? Like I don't know if the people are going to get more confident in the Vikings, but that but Vikings, Vikings team will, yeah. will like this will be a huge morale boost for that team in their locker room and just their overall confidence of like we can win any game pretty much if you if they find a way to win this game they like they probably feel somewhat unbeatable in a way obviously they've lost games but yeah. they're like okay no matter what position we find ourselves in in a football game we can we know that we can find our way out of this and yeah and this is against the colts defense too which isn't like exactly schlubby they've had terrible games this season but they've also had great games so it for it to be against this team is a bit more of a notch too and if you're the vikings yeah you have to ride this out and it, you have to win this game now you've gotten this far like they you've got gotten the- this far you you have to go go punch in you, you're starting with the ball let's yeah. go get a touchdown come on let's go Kirk. get a touchdown yeah on, show JJ. us what you're worth let's show go. us what you're worth <laughs> show us what you're worth Kirk. and we we should mention that the vikings have kind of been Getting the short end of the stick with the refing in this game. Two fumble yeah. receptions, uh, turned touchdowns that were both called back. The first one, the first one was, we'll call it human error. That is part of the game. It's unfortunate that's part of the game, but it is part of the game. Pittman was fighting for extra yards uh, on a one-on-one tackling situation, and he was fighting for yards. And then a Vikings defender came in and knocked the ball out and they blew the play dead on forward progression. Yeah. Which Just, is weird that this is happening after that Tyree kill touchdown too, like on the heels of that, especially on the second one, right? Like on second the second one was brutal. The ball was just sitting there yeah. on, on the ground for, yeah. for at least three seconds, I think. And a yeah. guy just 
saw it, picked it up, and ran it in. And they they just they said he was down by contact. They yeah. said he was down by contact. Insane. What game were you watching when that ball was just sitting on the turf? It was just sit. It was just chilling. And you shouldn't have that obvious of a call ever in the NFL, like borderline no. ever. And the fact that it's happened that there was two kind of suspect calls. It's pretty insane. I mean, the amount of crazy games the Vikings have been in all season, like they just keep on being in these absolute dogfights. Kirk's going into overtime with 373 yards and four touchdown passes, given two interceptions, but still he's been sacked six times. It has not been a pretty game for Kirk. Obviously, 36 points will is a good makeup on what his game has been so far, but it's uh, it's been an interesting game. Neither quarterback has looked great, but... Kirk has found something in the second half, and we'll see if it can con- continue here in overtime. How nice is U.S. Bank Stadium? I, I think it's like that. up there. It's gorgeous, man. And it looks like a giant Viking ship, too. Yeah, I love the glass. Crazy. I love glass windows. Like Indianapolis Colts, funny enough that they're playing like the field house. They have. I love glass windows. I feel like in this a, glass is the stadium. right direction, too. Like, because that in the indie one, the sun always comes in. Or is that AT&T? Is that Jerry's World? I'm thinking it's, of. It's, it's both. It's both, it's actually, both. right? It's yeah, both. the sun comes in there hard. Yeah, AT&T, I don't know if there's. Uh, there is glass. There is glass on the one side. You're right. But I know the both of those stadiums also have retractable roofs. But. Right. What do you think? Should we just. Should we get into the, what happened Thursday night football and then kind of just keep the people in limbo while this game goes on. Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. We'll take you back to Thursday with 49ers 21 Seahawks 13 and San Francisco now officially wins the NFC West. And how good is this 49ers team? Like that was the only thing I really took from that game. I think, I think you and I could get in there and play quarterback and have success with this <laughs> I think offense. So too. I he came into this game. Brock Purdy came in this game like nothing was wrong. Injury became a non-issue. In his first game, road game he's ever started, Seattle was loud, and it looked like it was just practice out there for a lot of the game. Yeah, and obviously it seemed pretty seamless and smooth for him, but after that first drive, he did have like a – a two-drive lull, I guess you could say. One of them, I think, was a three and out, and then the other yeah. one, it was like they got a first down, and then they were gone. So shows that he, he does have some ability to overcome like NFL real-life adversity. And it might not be adversity, but it shows that not everything is very easy for him, and he does still have to work hard. It, but it's it feels good to be a Brock Purdy podcast and not be on, <laughs> not be on the wrong side of history here. Because Yeah, we jumped on it early. It's yeah. fun to cheer for Brock Purdy. And it I is love fun. this I mean, 49ers team. How about that first touchdown to Kittle? Like beautiful play design with the double fake. The double, the double look off. Just Kittle's right up the perfect seam. for that too. Like just bulldozes his way into the end zone. Yeah, because if and he, he starts blocking and then he just sneaks up yeah. the middle, it's just yeah. it's impossible to stop. And and Purdy leaned on who he had to lean on. Kittle finished with two touchdowns. McCaffrey with a touchdown and 108 yards. And just a big bunches of plays, really, like which made it really tough on the Seattle defense. They couldn't really keep up. It seemed every time that there was a close third down stop early in that game, they were just making up for a big play for 13 or 14 yards. And the offense just stayed on the field for like a ridiculous amount of the game, especially in the first half. Yeah, and it was going back to where you started there. It was nice to see Kittle kind of get two touchdowns. You, you, you kind of feel like he was – not getting the shine he deserves with all the new toys coming into Seattle and yeah. all the all the shine was kind of going to McCaffrey, Debo Samuel with the injury, obviously Brock Purdy now, but yeah. 
George Kittle is still a top five tight end probably in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Does it all. Like he he's like an actual tight end. Obviously, Kelsey is a, a mainly like receiving yeah. tight end, but Kittle Kittle's able to do it all and do both at a very high level. Yeah. The Seahawks. Oh, sorry, you oh, go. No, ahead. go for it. Go for it. The Seahawks. The Seahawks, the Seahawks. They've now lost four of five. It's they don't really seem like they have that swagger that they had at the first half of the year. They're a really fun team to cheer for. Gino always had that smile on his face. Kenneth Walker was like offensive rookie of the year. They just have kind of lost all their steam. They fall into five hundred, and yeah. I really think they're in a dangerous situation to miss the playoffs now. They looked mid, might I say. Um, yeah, that's a Quandre, good, yeah. Like, they didn't capitalize on the few opportunities that they were given. Quandre Diggs dropped that huge interception in San Fran territory. Homer fumbles on the 41 with a minute left in the first half. They now go and face Kansas City next week and pretty much, like, eliminate, can eliminate their chance for making any noise down the stretch. And, it, yeah, it's sad. It's sad in Seattle that it was such a fun team, and it – didn't look like they got going at any point. If you saw, I saw a picture of Geno Smith's throw chart after the game and there were no passes completed in between the hash. And that just goes to show like this was another game with more flowers for the ridiculous San Fran defense. Like kept Seattle at 13 points right under that 13.5 team total. Thank you. And it Geno just couldn't get anything going. He had to throw aside all night and they couldn't get anything from Kenneth Walker either. Yeah, this this 49ers team, based on their defense, like it, it's your dad's favorite team. You know what I mean? It's like your dad's watching this game. Like, I love this San Fran defense. I love this team. Like that's that's the kind of team they are. They just run from the back end out. I think Trey Greenlaw could could and should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Absolutely. He is in on every single play, every tackle, causing turnovers. How's He's, this? Forced fumble, fumble recovery, or interception in five straight games for him. Yeah, Ridiculous. it seems like it seems like he is in on everything that happens with that defense, and he's so. I going into the year, I thought Fred Warner was the best linebacker on, on that team, and he still he still might be, but yeah. Big coming out year for Greenlaw. He, he like I want him on the Steelers very badly. It and just it, seem, it, seems like they have guys who, at, like, back in... I saw a lot of people starting to compare them to those old Ravens defenses recently, where just every time you see a play end in a tackle, it's like one of them is doing something, right? Like, one of their big guys on defense is driving the play and driving the entire action of the play every single down. It's crazy. It's it's impressive. Just yeah, the they, whole unit, uh, Ward on the out, Tredavious Ward on the, on the as a corner... He was just causing big time problems for DK Metcalf all night, who we saw kind of come undone a little bit. On him, yeah, might be and a bit of a head case DK. I don't know. He's maybe. just he's... it was a weird flag, yeah, weird taunting call early. He, he, there was no reason for that. And it's funny because he was acting like a baby the one night he didn't have the uh, pacifier mouth guard in. So <laughs> I just I found that found that quite interesting. But no, yeah. I'm Seattle's in a in a weird spot. And I, I think uh, a problem of theirs doesn't really correlate to on the field, but I think they've gotten almost too gimmicky in their like jersey designs. Like they've become Oregon of the NFL. Yeah. They're it's just a lot, man. Dude, they're just throwing every single. So I think they have four, four tops and three pairs of bottoms or four pairs of bottoms, and they just mix match them every single week. 
and it's, it, it's it, they feel like a college team you're right yeah i don't i don't like it like i i saw them coming out like in the tunnel and it was just the top half of the the neon greens and then i saw them playing and i'm like oh my god they have navy pants like it just sensory overload a little bit it, it was just, it was just too much i don't like it if you're gonna go neon green you gotta go full neon green yeah, you can't you can't wear candy ass uniforms like that against a Seattle defense. It's impossible. That's not a matchup that you want. And now the 49ers, they've in that seven game winning streak, they have allowed 17 points or fewer. Like I don't know how you're supposed to win games winning against them when you can only score fucking 17 points, but they get their first NFC West title since 2019, which was the year they went to the Super Bowl. They also won it against Seattle that year. So there's some uh, there's some rumblings. There's some rumblings. 49ers look good. Yeah. I think it's a team that is a serious contender to win the Super Bowl. Serious. Yeah. yeah. It's starting to get even more serious. Like the e- it, it looks like it's just going to come down to Eagles 49ers in a season that had a ton of parity. Now it's just seeming like it's just going to be coming down to those last two like juggernauts just beating the hell out of each other in an NFC final. Yeah, it. it- I guess the Cowboys are there. They're in the Cowboys and the Vikings feel like they'll they'll wean themselves out of that conversation, but they'll hang on for as long as they can. Well, we'll we'll find out next week with Eagles Cowboys playing each yep. other, which is arguably the biggest game of the season, especially mm-hmm. for those two teams. It'll be the biggest. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, you're right. It is pretty much a two horse race in the NFC right now. AFC is wide open, open pretty much. It's. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I'm very excited for the lot for these last couple weeks of the NFL season, though. Yeah, I think we're gearing up for a pretty good race down the stretch. I mean, you have teams like the Chargers, even we mentioned last week, making noise in the NFC and creeping up. It's just gonna be a huge weekend. It's gonna be a huge Sunday in terms of you know setting yourself up for success in these final few weeks because I feel like there's certain teams who are sliding who need a big win, like the Jets tomorrow need a win against the so Lions. So the Lions, that's just yeah. a huge game for both yeah, teams. Exactly. The Lions will be right there with a win because then the Commanders and Giants will have to play each other. Seattle lost. It's Detroit's path is right in front of them to go make the playoffs. It's will they do it? That's that's the question. So yeah. we'll see what Jared Goff and the boys are made of. This Vikings, they might be going for it on fourth down. I can't. It's fourth and ten on. I want to say Indy's forty. Go for it. We need them. We need them to go for it. Field goal does us no good with this cover. They're not gonna go for it. Oh, come on. Why not? Oh, sad punt. Oh, you can't punt. Sad punt. I guess we're not dead though. We just need to break one. Sad punt alert. They're they're, ew, they're playing ew. for the tie. The, Kevin O'Connell's playing for the tie. Man. Fake it. They're gonna fake it. <laughs> oh, that's that is a sad punt. All right, yeah. I guess we'll we'll move on from from this game. I thought something was gonna happen there. That's why yeah. I started commentating. That's on me. I jinxed we, it. Yeah, we can't lead you on forever. Uh, that was the Thursday night recap. We'll be coming at you next with a little NHL. And welcome back to a little NHL rundown. We're here to catch you up on everything in the hockey world since the last time we spoke about it. And I'm going to lead with something that we've been following for a while, which is the end of Mitch Marner's point streak, the low-key streak that turned into the franchise record. Ended at 23 games with the Leafs 3-1 loss to the Rangers on Thursday night. Great run. All good things come to an end. Finished with 11 goals, 21 assists, and 32 points. Pretty crazy. 
don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened, I believe is is that I guess so. Something something along those lines. Yeah. It was nice to see. You knew you knew it wasn't gonna like go on for the rest of the year, no. obviously. But I mean twenty three games is nothing uh nothing to just be upset about like that you could that's pr- i'd be very proud i believe he's third that's the third longest among active players yeah active Crosby third, and third kane longest in kane yeah. yeah and then i think he finished tied for 20th in nhl history which kind of shows you how crazy the point streaks used to be well back wayne has some crazy one i think i saw like 50 games or yeah yeah just there, there's some nuts ones but yeah that that loss to the rangers was the Leafs first regulation loss since november 11th against the penguins and they still sit fourth in the league and third in the conference like i mean guys like bunting have like a casual 10 game point streak right now i'm i'm glad in general the media can now move on from the marner story it was getting it kind of ridiculous on the broadcast like he's leading every game every in-game color thing like they were getting to points where they were scoring and the first words out of gord miller's mouth was like marner when he didn't even score which is kind of crazy you know it's um, bad when leaf fans are yeah they they think it's yeah. too much it's a bit much but yeah the the leafs are still hot yeah they they ripped off a crazy run with only a few overtime losses I mean, I I could go on a rant about how right now the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Lightning are within like the top ten of the league and are currently like one, two, three playoff, yada yada yada. But I won't go down that route. We can because I think the Atlantic in general is just, getting insane, dude. From fourth to eighth is two points in separation. Yeah. yeah. And they're all like active within the conference. No it's one's like below five hundred yeah. with the Suns exactly. winning today. Which is, yeah. I, that's absurd. That is the best um, division in hockey. Yeah. And, and I've seen people really say like, oh, it's just shifted like 10 years ago. It was the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Kings. And everybody was get, like, but I don't think it's similar anymore. Like when you have teams like Tampa Bay who are like borderline dynasties in the making. And like, it, it's just not, it, 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 it is in no way like the best way to maximize playoff hockey. It just can't be. No, and... It it seems like every year the Atlantic has the most draw, you could say, in teams and like who you want to watch play hockey. They probably play in the Atlantic division. Yeah. It's just a it's a dogfight every year to make the playoffs. And it doesn't have to be. We talked about it last time we were talking NHL, just yeah. one to eight. One, it's one just eight. don't overcomplicate it. The the rivalries will sort themselves out, they'll find themselves, they'll naturally happen. And, you're, and you're you have good enough them. teams that there's sick matchups anywhere. Like you tell me the Leafs are playing the Penguins in the first round. People aren't going insane about Crosby versus Matthews. Like, yeah, it's, it's huge. Easy. Yeah, it's huge. It is easy. And it's just, it's, it's no, I, I was going to say it's not fair to like all the other teams in the Atlantic, but obviously you, you have to play your schedule. But it's just, it, it does feel that the, the teams in the Atlantic, especially your, your Senators, your Habs, your Sabres, uh, your your Red Wings, teams like that that are middle-of-the-pack teams, maybe not Montreal, but like teams that are decent teams, and it's just they're going to war every night, and they can't catch a break in because you got, yeah. you got Boston, Toronto, and Tampa, three of the top like five teams in the league maybe. They're yeah. just in your division, so you're just yeah. hoping for Have a wild-card spot. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. it's tough in the NHL, man. Tough in the Atlantic Division. It's real tough. But switching to the Metro Division um, and another superstar, Ovechkin scored his 800th career goal on Tuesday. 
with the third goal in his hat trick against the Blackhawks. Pretty steezy after being on a string of greasy empty netters. Ovi shuts the haters up. Something nasty. Um, number he's chasing is Gretzky's 895, obviously. And he's just starting to roll, man. Like now it's becoming so in reach that people are like, oh, it's two more seasons worth of goals, essentially. Yeah, everyone's kind of getting a little too loose. They're, get, they're getting talking about loose. it. It's it's an injury away from not happening. Sorry to be the the guy to look at the glass half empty, but that's kind of the reality of the situation. Like, don't He's talk old, about yeah. it how it's just inevitable now because it's not. It's really yeah. not. It's it's great though. It's yeah because I figured it was probably going to happen if he stayed healthy. That was my, my going into the year, but now it's. He's, I think he's going a little quicker than I originally had uh, had planned for. He just seems to have that like that nose back for the net, like when the empty like nets a are so man. funny. They're so funny. I, <laughs> they are I love really it. Funny, especially when people he's get pissed, man. People yeah. get pissed. I yeah. don't care. It's a goal. I know. And he uh, he Ovechkin even tra- personally trademarked the great chase, like GR eight chase, which is sick classic <laughs> but it's the branding the branding yeah. behind that's gonna be branding's unreal. off the charts um but it, it's gonna be fun to watch they got like his son updating the goal counter at the arena like that's cute yeah the, the little stuff like that but the craziest thing is that he's just still an absolute wrecking ball to play against like you still just like shudder when you see him in the lineup do you think gordy howe should have scored more goals with how long he played hockey what what, what was his 803 802 yeah 801 801 was it 801 okay yeah 801 or 802 it's a real interesting argument because he not only played for like a ton of years he played, played in for years so where, you did, where you did score a ton but like those those pictures of him where he's like 48 dressing in the locker room older he's like 50 he's yeah. got like kids beside him and just full head of gray hair it's like dude I'm sure you're taking care of financially. What are we doing here? Well, that was the whole thing. They had all those old stories of people in the players in the NHL who were so pissed because he was like such a good Canadian like farm boy that he would be so humble in his salaries and he would just take less. And everybody around the league was like, fuck, Gord, like, dude, if you're making this much, we can't even get close to asking that. Yeah, I what a time to play in the NHL. If you're playing with or against Cordy Howe, you you probably have some stories to tell, to say the least. Yeah, it's it, it, Things are driving incomplete. <laughs> 30, there's 19 seconds left. They're at the Colts 40 yard line, and we we're we want a bomb. We we don't yeah. want field goals. No oh, no God, consolation. I, would, I would love a touchdown pass. Covers only. Need covers. <laughs> Yeah, but that'll bring us to uh, another thing we had for the rundown was the latest NHL Super 16 rankings. Everyone loves getting fired up about these, but right now, at least the top four, the NHL is pretty undisputable. They had the Bruins at one who stay there. They're 23-4-1. Leafs jumped from number four to second. Devils in third and Vegas in fourth. The Devils were hanging in there. They went 0-2-1 in the past three. Now 0-3-1 after losing to the Flyers. But outside of that, like the fifth spot's kind of debatable. I think the NHL had the Hurricanes at five. I would have probably put the Penguins there in, instead. But yeah, maybe the Lightning. So. Yeah, the the Hurricanes went five zero and one on their six game road trip. Got eleven to twelve points. They beat the Kraken yesterday too. Um, and but Pittsburgh's just as hot, right? Like they're on a seven game winning streak after beating Florida. 
and are nine one and one in their past eleven. They're they're on fire too. So that top five, top six of NHL teams are, are just really good teams. Like there's not a lot wrong with them. Yeah, and I mean other than the Devils, like the Metro is booming right now with the Hurricanes winning three in a row, Penguins winning seven in a row, Rangers winning five in a row. Some good, some good hockey's being played in the Metro, and just you know what, just the East in general. The East is yeah. playing better hockey than the West right now, and it's very, it's very like right in front of your eyes, clear to see that it's just going to be tougher to make it to the Stanley Cup if you're if you're playing in the East. It is. I, I can say yeah. there's like four good teams in the West. There could be ten good teams in the East. It's crazy, yeah. Especially with how Colorado's playing right now, they're playing super funky. They got all of those injuries. I'm so still gonna put Colorado in one still of those put four them up good there. teams. They're in, yeah. yeah, I'm not. It's gonna hard let not the to injury, injury trouble. Uh, uh, like, yeah, it's totally swung the other way. Like it, it, this isn't a new take at all. But you know, from our childhood, like the West used to be so crazy, powerful, and dominant, and now it's just completely swung back to the East. That'll bring us to. A nice segue to bring us to our trending up and down segment where I'm going to lead off with a team in my trending up, which I absolutely hate talking about, but I have to. And it's the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Like I hate giving the Jets credit, but they're starting to like become the cream of the crop that kind of rise towards the top of the West. They're seven and three in their past 10, now third in the Western Conference. They're two points back at Dallas for that lead of the Central, which looked like they were, you know, in a decent you know, lead for a while there and they're just rolling right now. They got a plus 20 goal differential. Yeah. Rick Brownness has done good things to that team. I mean, it, it started Absolutely. off, started off very, I don't know, weird really. Like they're just really trying hard to create storylines about him taking the captaincy away from Wheeler and just, just rolling with assistant captains and not having one guy in the locker room, which is, it's very like, old school kind of move and it's not a crazy move to see out of a a coach taking over a team for the first time kind of just wants to make make a statement to the team like you know there isn't one leader you're all leaders blah 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 and it seemed to work that's what i was about to say it it appears to be working right now hellebuck is back on his vesna his vesna year he's playing really well josh morrissey out of out of the clouds i think he's top five in points for defensemen just he's out leading of the, the jets in points he's got 33 points in 29 games to lead the team he's coming out of the clouds to be unreal he's rising to like an all-star defenseman level and that connor dubois and shifley trio is just playing super consistent which has kind of been you know one of their problems in the past the vikings win on a greasy field goal um and don't cover the three and a half but they win that that's the biggest comeback in NFL history. We, that's crazy. Brought to you live. Brought to you live. Brought to you live by the goalpost during their NHL segment. Yeah. Uh, but who do who did you have for trending up, Pat? The Ottawa Senators. There it is. Let me let me let me talk. Let me talk, man. Seven two and one. What now? Won four in a row. They beat Detroit today. Huge game. And they're doing it with with injuries. There, it Stuzel's out for a week. Uh, their game, their last game against Montreal, they're missing Tyler Mott, Matthew Joseph on IR. It just they're just winning games. Josh Norris obviously is starting to skate again, which is really nice to see. Cam Talbot is playing very well in net. Need Forsberg to kind of step up a little bit, but it's the Sens are. It it appears that they've kind of found themselves and found found their game found an they identity seem to be gelling yeah yeah it's nice to see 
going into the year, I didn't really know what to expect. I just kind of had hope for the first time in a long time. Just, just, I just wanted to watch a good hockey team play. And they are where I kind of want them to be. Fighting for a wild card spot right now. Good goaltending. Just Back on schedule a bit. A like, likable team, yeah. And, you know, I think I've said some things about DJ, and I, I really don't think they're, they were wrong. I think the reality of that situation is he he's not going to get fired under this current ownership. So it's clear at this stuck, point you're yeah. stuck with them. Uh, but yeah, man, good just good things coming out of Ottawa. I'm excited to to get some to get some good Leaf Sens games, man. They've they've only had we've only had one so far, and it was a great game. Leaf scored the game winner with like a minute left. It's I we need more of that. I think it'd also be good for the podcast. It. I'm excited I'm glad, for where I'm glad Ottawa's going right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they're peaking and like before we've played them a lot too because it's leaving a lot of those like juicy games down the line. I for, I forgot to mention uh, DeBrincat eight game point streak, Matheson uh, yeah. seven game point streak. Like they, he's like, heating up. The guys who weren't scoring in the first twenty games of the year are now producing, and that's what we were missing. So it's it's nice to see because I think this is the the team most Suns fans were expecting going into the year. So it's, it's yeah. nice to actually get something out of it, but that's, yeah. that's enough for me, but go Suns. It's nice. Go Suns. Um, to trending down. I have another team in the Atlantic, the Detroit Red Wings who just lost to the senators after a decent start. The Red Wings have gone three, five and two in their past 10. Now three, six and two and sit seven points back of the wild card spot. They've been on a five. They're now on a five game losing streak Two of those wins in those past 10 were against the Blue Jackets and the Coyotes, and they just allow a lot of goals. And their 23rd ranked goals aren't pulling the slack the other way any easier. And they don't have anyone over a point per game and just don't generate a lot of offense, really. They got a minus six goal differential. They're the only team in the top five of the wildcard race with a negative differential. Those usually aren't the things you want to see. No, definitely not what you want to see. And I think what we're kind of seeing in the NHL in general right now is the league kind of sorting itself out a bit. And I think Detroit's one of those teams that they overachieved early on in the season. Mm -hmm. They're still somehow above 500 with six six um, extra time losses. So they, they have not so much. Like that's that's huge for a team like Detroit, getting games Absolutely, to overtime yeah. to, to steal points. But... I think we'd be fooling ourselves if we said the Red Wings are a playoff team. Is that a crazy thing to say? I just don't think they have goals. I just think, like yeah, you said, their back off, end is, yeah. is weak. It's they're just not a great team. I think this like if we're gonna compare those teams, I think the Senators have a better roster and are more Definitely. prepared to win games. I think Buffalo might have a better roster. Like teams like that. So it's it's interesting. I think Detroit will continue to kind of find themselves in the Habs at seven and eight in the Atlantic by the end of the year, but who knows? Yeah. I, I just think fresh off that combo of how good the Atlantic is and how good the Metro is. It's hard to then follow that up by, by trying to make the argument that the Detroit is a playoff team. Um, but yeah, they're definitely trending down. Who was on your trending down? Trending down might be a bit of a stretch, but kind of similar to what I just said, just coming back to life. And that's just the Seattle Kraken who, like I said, I might be coming at them a little too hard. I don't think they're trending down, but they're just not winning as much as they were to start the year when mm -hmm. they were second in the Pacific. And I like 
they were they were top five in the league at one point very early on. They're playing I, great hockey. Yeah, yeah. and it, I, I think I said it. They don't have a point-per-game guy, which we've, we've talked about is a concern with the teams like Detroit and them, but they've lost two in a row, five and five over the last 10. They're third in the Pacific right now, but I, I just think reality's catching up to them. They're playing the Jets tonight, I believe. Let me just check that. I think so. Nope, tomorrow, Sunday. Tomorrow. Sorry. Um, and they're favored somehow. So if you are are interested in that, might be worth a sprinkle on the Jets. But I just, I don't know, man. I'm not high on their team at all. Like Burakovsky is leading this team in points, who was a it's third a really line player on yeah. Colorado last year. Jordan Eberle is still in the league. Yeah, I think they're getting a tiny bit of help from their division, just like that division sucks. It's um, probably the worst division in hockey, right? Yeah. Other than it's ve- like Vegas, very good team leading it. Yeah. But other than Vegas, I think teams are very much underachieving. In that. Yeah, the Central is a much tougher d- division than the Pacific is right now. And I think that the Kraken are just going to have to try and keep their head above water for as long as they can, essentially. Like this year... It- if you get that Kraken team in the playoffs, that's a big success, I would say. Letting that city see the huge see the, success, yeah. yeah. Second that year playoffs for, the, yeah. For, the, for the first time, that would be like a crazy um, turnaround for them, and I think that would reinstill people's confidence, kind of in the management group too. Like this wasn't a flashy Vegas entrance into the league; they took their likes last year, and then people kind of immediately started to question Ron Francis and see if he had the right ideas, but I thought people were a bit quick to judge with that, but yeah, Seattle's just going to have to keep on kind of keeping their head above water, pun intended and uh, get points where they can. Yeah. And so just another one, Calgary is definitely trending down. Definitely trending. I don't know what is going on with that team, but that's uh, like, that's, that's a team that Daryl Sutter might have to be a sacrificial lamb to make, make the statement. I, I think so too. After that loss, the Leafs, he, he made that like comment about oh, the Leafs only getting calls. It's like when you're starting to do sh- shit like that because your team's sliding, it's just not a great look. He's he's a Tortorella esque coach where his voice can get lost so quickly in a room, but makes yeah. a huge impact when he first comes onto on the scene. On a new team, yeah. yeah. But it's it's bad. Markstrom's playing terrible. Like they're going. We talked about it. They're going with Vladar as the starter for a bit. Yeah, that Huberto trade has not worked out the way they expected, and oh, that man. contract. You, you uh, the uh, only shining you, spot essentially is Kadri right now. Yeah, who is a great signing. That was a yeah. great signing. I think Kadri's a, a very good player in the league, but just Huberto Uyghur is now injured. It's it's just really not working out the way they thought it would. Man, it's kind of falling apart like a house of cards. Yeah, yeah. Huberto with five goals. It's I don't and know. it took him a while to score it too. Yeah, I think they were like 14 games in or something until he got his first. But yeah, the Cal- Calgary's really got to figure it out. They're one of those teams that I think they had cup aspirations at the start of the year. Well, ba- based started, on last yeah. year, based on their offseason acquisition. Yeah. And they're out of a playoff spot as of right now. So it's something's got to change there. Something's and it might budge. it might be Sutter. It, like, that's a coach where you're not going to... I don't think you get worse by firing him. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that there's plenty of good coaching talent out there right now. I think that there's teams that have kind of picked up new coaches and and started, you know, just keeping it moving along. You don't have to make it some huge thing. But if you want to, like, keep those playoff aspirations 
alive, they kind of have to start playing different football or so, diff- different, yeah, football. different football. Different. <laughs> they got to start worry, playing I'm, different football. I'm Somebody quote pissed. that. I'm still pissed that the Vikings didn't cover after being down 33 points. I don't know how, but I'm I'm somehow upset. I'm, got, I'm like I almost calling that a bad beat. I'm like, how yeah. did they not cover three and a half? Oh yeah, it, well, I think it has to be a bad beat. Yeah, especially if you win by three. It's just anytime you're in the half point ratio, being down thirty three point. Oh, I just can't. yeah. <laughs> but that's what, what it is. Our NHL rundown and our trending up and down. We'll come back at you soon with a little bit of updated NHL talk. But the season's starting to heat up. This is when the NHL kind of really starts. All right, welcome back to our final segment. We're going to be going over our goalpost picks like usual. Uh, It was a bit of a humbling week last week. On the brighter side, some of the picks that didn't go on the board, I made a nice Thursday night football parlay with kind of tried to make a parlay out of everything I said or that we said on the show last episode that the three and a half cover was too low. So I took San Fran by six and a half. We talked about the under, so I took under 44 and a half. I took the under of the Seattle team total, which we talked about, which was 13 and a half. And then uh, I said that Purdy was going to have to lead on McCaffrey. So I had McCaffrey anytime. That was a nice little hit. The the boys are doing decent off the board, but on the board, it's been a tough cup, tough go. We were both three and three last week, yeah. which really, it was a, it was a good bad. week to crawl back a bit. Yeah. You lose a little bit with the juice. I can't believe that army Navy, <laughs> They they had twenty total points uh, the entire game, and then in overtime they combined for fourteen points in two plays. I think it was the first time the over had hit in like fifteen years or something. Yeah. So yeah. So you know that's that's what it is. It's what you're gonna get when you're giving yeah. picks out to the people. It yeah. happens, but but I, we both went three weird, for three. Yeah. So I think you go first again. So Patrick, I think we have the same record out. overall now. We're both at eleven and fourteen. I believe so because I think I was All one right. game. No, no, you'll you'll you have one game up on me. Sorry. Okay, you're ten and fifteen. Yeah, yeah I was seven and eleven. Yeah. I went three for three. Put me at eleven and fourteen. Still at like a, a minus seventy eight percent clip, but we're doing all right. Um, I don't think I would change a ton about last week. The Seahawks losing surprised a lot of people. Um, I the only pick I'd probably change was the Bills Jets over forty two and a half. The weather was a kind of a bigger factor than I anticipated. It got decently close, but Lead us off. You're uh, you're leading this week, and then I'm gonna have to pick up the scraps. I'm I'm in a weird place this week with my picks, but I think I'm in a decent place because you I didn't... like the board before we start. Well, I I did, and then the Vikings game happened, and I I was on the Vikings, so now I'm right. now I'm really questioning myself. But I got I gotta just stick to my guns here. If I'm a sucker, I'm a sucker. But it is it is what it is. Cause like that that San Fran game on Thursday, that felt like it was too easy. Yeah. And then this Vikings game that just happened on Saturday, that felt too easy, and it 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 wasn't. So no. we're fifty fifty. I'm gonna start it off with I think should be the easiest play of the weekend personally. The Bengals minus three and a half. Against the Buccaneers, we've we've talked about it. Buccaneers are really bad. Yep. Uh, the Bengals are good. They cover spreads. They win games. I just I I don't see. I, I this will be a personal alternate line minus six and a half, maybe minus eight and a half. There we, we go. We will see. Number two, I might screw you. By the way, I think I might be picking six sides. Really? Yeah. All NFL. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. All right. So I, all right. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> part of the game. Next one will be, uh, this is an ugly one, but we, we talked about a while ago. I think the Falcons will be better with Desmond Ritter and I'll be taking them plus four. Fuck. All right. I think the Saints just stink also. There's so one you took. Give me, give me four points with Ritter and the boys. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Lions plus one. Lions plus one. They're trending up. Jets are kind of trending down. Zach Wilson at quarterback. That team hates him. What could go wrong? The Lions. So I've got three right now. Yep. I think I've only took one really chalk one so far, but this is where I'm going to question my picks. Eagles minus eight and a half. It's don't, a gross pick. Don't love it, but I think the Bears are just have no defense, and this could be like yeah. a 42-21 game. Maybe it's over. Very possible. I yeah. might have just talked myself into the over. It was uh 48 it was and a half. My, I'm looking list. at it. No, I'll let you have that one. Four, so that's four picks. I'm gonna go with the Raiders at home. Minus one against the Patriots. I don't know. I just think this game could go either way, and I'm I don't think the Patriots are very good. I think the Raiders have a very high power offense and they can just overpower them. And my last pick, I really don't know where I, I will be going with this. This this is my sucker pick, Damien. This is this is the one. I don't understand this line and I'm going to take it. Don't say it. Cowboys minus four. Okay. Okay. All right. Cowboys All right. minus four against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Jacksonville can't put two games together to save their life. So yeah, I'm just I was going to say, I guess that Texans game, but it's a I, look. I think so. I think that was their look ahead. Yeah. Now, now I think they're, they're like, okay, like we can't have another one of those. So I think it'll be a tough game for the Jaguars. To it like screams stay in back that game door. The it screams time, back you know? door. It really yeah. does. Just getting in, just losing my field goal or four, just getting that push. But all right. I surprisingly don't absolutely hate your picks in terms of taking much from me. I, I did have that Falcons plus four. That was like one of my more confident bets that I felt. Um, but I'll get going here. I'm going to lead with like my grossest bet of the day. Um, but I wrote it down. The lines already moved. I'm going to take Broncos favored by one and a half it's already moved to two so i might have to take it at two but that is a gross pick it's an absolute quarterbacks absolutely gross pick with two backup quarterbacks but i'm gonna side with the denver defense over anything else yeah and i think that that's a game that they can cover you know a point and a half two i agree i just didn't want to make myself bet on that game yeah watch it um moving to another team pick this one is also gross i got a lot of gross picks today the gross Um, ones are the best ones sometimes you got to feel yeah you got to feel the the push a bit steelers plus three against the panthers i think this is another time i'm gonna ride with the Steelers. (laughs) i don't like the look he gave me mitch Uh, Mitch trubitz basically starting they're talking mason rudolph might play snaps man it's it's weird because Steelers have nothing to play for now, and the Panthers have everything to play for. I do like the Steelers, though. I do. I know. I, I'm just I surprised think... like people outside of Steelers fans like the Steelers. That's why I'm surprised. It's just one of those games where you look back on the Steelers season and they've won like weird game, hard games. Like you know what I mean? Like they've they have these bright spots of like looking like a crazy team. Given that was when Kenny was playing, but I don't know. I just I, this one. What, what are you getting the num- What are you getting the number at? Three. I don't see how they lose this game by more than three. Exactly. Right. Like like they at least cover by by yeah a field goal. Um, I'm gonna move on to my overs. 
where I'm going to start with Lions Jets over 43 and a half. This one seems like the square pick of the day. I feel like everyone on earth yeah. is kind of uh, maybe because the Jets defense. Yeah, Zach Wilson, Jets defense. But I don't know. Th- these Lions games have just been going crazy over the past few weeks. And I feel like that's going to be an over game. I'm also going to take the over in Cowboys Jaguars over 47 and a half. I took the over in the uh, Cowboys game last week. It didn't leave me wrong. And I think I'm going to go stick with that. Um, I think that my next pick is where I'm going to start getting a bit cheeky. I'm going to get under 45 in Bengals Bucks um, because those are two, you know, the, the, the Bengals defense points. is good. Bucks don't put up points. Um, so I think that one's a bit of a layup. And I'm at five, right? You might be at six, brother. No, no. I had um, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I have five. one left. Five. I yeah, one yeah, left. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one's where you can kind of go anywhere across the board. Um, there are some gross ones. I'm going to stay with the plus sign and go. Did you say, did you take the Titans plus three? No, no. I'm going to take the Titans plus three. I think I'm going to give the Titans me. the benefit of the doubt here. This game does scare me. I think the Titans have looked so bad for so many weeks in a row here that this might be their get right game. Um, the Chargers defense looked great last week. It's it. This isn't a sharp pick, like in terms of I don't have a lot to give you here, but I think that it's just time that the Titans kind of their offense comes out to play at least. And I think the defense is something you can at least count on um, throughout the season. You They've kind of been able to. So it's where I lie, man. It's going to be interesting. This is a this is mer- may I say a make or break week for our records here. You, we either crawl back up to 500 or fall in the depths here. I think. I think I'm in trouble, but I think I'm in trouble every week. <laughs> it is what it is, man. I just I know I'm on I know I'm on several sucker picks with the yes. public. I know it. I know it, but last week I was on a couple sucker picks too. The the Niners. See, it's weird because like going back to the Niners games, sometimes the square pick is the pick. People were like trying to talk themselves into the Seahawks being the sharp play, but no, sometimes yeah. it's just sitting right in front of you. And you just got to take it in a way. The, the, the 49ers are a team I love betting on already, yeah, it's by fun. the way. Like use, going forward, like, ugh. It's, it's, there's, there's, you, you, this is where the, the guys who have been betting on the season NFL all year are rewarded because you kind of get to see trends like the Buccaneers and the Seahawks are usually overvalued by Vegas. Teams like the Steelers are kind of undervalued, the Cowboys yeah. are kind of undervalued too. You you just noticed some trends, so we'll we'll see if we're right. I think you we've got some interesting picks. All on is this the first week we're going all NFL? No, you were all I NFL think, last week. I think week. last week, yeah. First, but you had you had college, yeah. I actually have a decent record in the NFL, so this will be a big test for me. Yep. So we'll see how our picks do this weekend. Fade us, ride us, whatever you want to do. But that will be it from us today. Hope you guys have a great NFL Sunday. Hopefully, you can slide this in before you watch the games and get yourself prepared. Yep, that was fun. Hopefully we win some money, Damien. Talk to you later. See ya.